Hi everyone, welcome to episode 71 of Unfiltered. I am actually, I think this is my last episode at Oxford um, because next Sunday I'm not going to be at Oxford anymore. I'm actually moving out on Saturday. So wow, that's really crazy. Um, Here I am just lying in my bed again. I have been in such an interesting era of my life where I have been so good about making space and I kind of wanted to talk about the whole concept of of making and really preserving that space for both others and for yourself Um, because I think it's really easy to kind of forget about um, allowing yourself to fully live and and feel your emotions um, and just operate on a day-to-day basis um, and also to make space for others in your life um, because there's so many things that are crowding our brains and our hearts and our time like so many so many things packed into our schedules so many things occupying our minds and in the midst of of all of this it's it's super easy to kind of forget um to to have that intentionality but recently i've been slowing down a lot and it definitely is a byproduct of me not having as many responsibilities i mean i'm i'm taking classes but i'm only in two and um as opposed to four during the semester and then the two classes are actually pretty enjoyable and I'm not stressing out um, as much. I, I've stressed out a little bit this past week because I have to write some essays, some long essays. Um, but other than just those small moments of stress, I have been taking life one day at a time. And honestly, I would say like one hour at a time. Like I, I don't know, this is the most calm that I've ever felt. Um, And so I think as a result, I've really been able to be mindful of the space that I take up and the space that I create. Um, And so I wanted to talk about holding space for others and for yourself and what that means and how you can do it. Um, Because it's not really something that you really put a a, a word or a phrase to, like, I, I never really thought about the concept of space until um, I heard about it on an Instagram post and I kind of thought about it more and I was like, oh, I guess like this is actually a really big deal. Um, but I didn't really know that it was called like making space for others. Um, and so I think like putting a phrase to to this entire concept has really helped me and I hope it helps you guys. And so that's what we're talking about today. I feel like I just rambled for like five minutes, but I hope that that made some sort of sense. Um, my favorites have been, I have been in this interesting <laughs> phase where I only listen to throwback music. Um, I have a very long throwback playlist and I can only listen to throwback music for some reason I don't know why I just like if I'm on a walk um if I'm cleaning my room or working out like throwback music is always the first thing I go to and I've also been listening to it on the plane and on buses because I've been doing a lot of traveling recently um and during that commute I like to just listen to my throwbacks so there we go that's one of them and the second one is this playlist that i found on spotify which i'm gonna link in my bio and it's called productive study lo-fi and it is life-changing like i when i study i am really weird when it comes to music so sometimes i can listen to intense rap like (laughs) intense hip-hop intense rap while i study i don't know why but sometimes i can Particularly when I study organic chemistry, I I put on rap and it's, I don't know why, like how that works because that seems very counterproductive, but somehow my brain just goes with it. Um, 
I used to have this phase in high school where I could only listen to John Mayer. So I would only listen to, <laughs> I would listen to my long John Mayer playlist when I studied and I couldn't listen to anything else. Now, oh, and then bef- after that, I would only listen to piano music, like instrumental, um, like Mozart and Bach, like super classical music. Now I am in my lo-fi era and there's only one playlist that I found so far that I actually really like because I feel like sometimes lo-fi can be kind of weird and I don't like it when it gets really intense like I like a very chill mellow pretty lo-fi and I found a great playlist I'm gonna link it in the bio but I've been listening to that recently as I've been writing my essays that I should really work more on um a low moment is just I need to write my essays. Um, I have to write two 3,000 word essays in the next few days. And I I think I can do it. Like I, I'm the type of person to write essays in one sitting, um, but this just might be painful. Um, but I'm not, I'm not stressing out about it too much. Like I, I don't think, I don't think it's worth stressing over and you always have more time than you think. And some of my highlights are my dear high school friends um, is doing a solo Europe tour and we decided to meet up in London. And so I got to hang out with him for a while this weekend and I haven't seen him in a while and it was so nice to see him um, and catch up. Uh, (laughs) My friends from Oxford and I also this past weekend in London, we went to a rave, um, (laughs) which if you don't know is basically a concert that lasts four hours like the the rave that we went to was from 11 p.m to 6 a.m obviously we didn't stay until 6 a.m we left at around three i think but it's basically a concert where they play edm which is electronic dance music i think that's what it stands for and you just kind of vibe um and we saw elenium and it was a good time and it was just fun to dance and hang out with my friends um and also stay up late um and then after elenium one of my friends and i actually so we left at three um we got two hours of sleep and then we took a 7 a.m bus to paris and from london and the thing about this bus ride is this bus ride was nine hours um we started at london and then we took the bus to Dover Cliffs, which is on the coast of England. And then we the bus drove onto a ferry, and then the ferry crossed the English Channel. And then the bus got off the ferry onto Calais, which is a city, um, a port city in France. And then the bus drove from Calais to Paris. And by the time we got to Paris, it was 5 p.m. Um, and so we were very tired, but everything for some reason traveling to paris from london is so expensive even though the cities are so close to each other it's so expensive so the bus ride was the cheapest option and we just decided to do it because we figured we would be tired and we'd sleep on the bus and we did it and you know what it wasn't as bad as i thought it'd be i think it's because i set my expectations extremely low and i was expecting it to be the most painful thing in the world but it wasn't um i wouldn't do it again but it was it got us to paris so Spent a few days in Paris, which was lovely. Um, we stayed in Montmartre, which is close to Sacre-Cœur. Um, and I think I am done with Paris for the time being, and I probably won't be back for a long time. Um, but I really love the city. Like, I I, I kept going back because it, it's just something that kept drawing me in like something about the city was just so captivating to me and i and i love it so much um and honestly i'd go back tomorrow but that's not feasible and i need to limit myself and i need to stop going um and i think that's all i have for my highlights another highlight kind of ties into what the topic of today's um podcast but i've really been soaking up my alone time Um, And I've really been good at just being comfortable in my own presence and in my own company and really growing that kind of confidence. So I'm really proud of myself to be able to say that. But those are my highlights. Um, 
I hope you guys enjoy this episode on holding space for others and for yourself. And without further ado, let's get on to the first segment. I want to start by talking about how to hold space for others. This is something that helps you be more mindful and intentional and I think it honestly just leads to you being a better friend and a better person and it leads to a healthier relationship. And I think no one really I think when it comes to the topic of space like a lot of people talk about it in regards to themselves like how to hold space for yourself like how to um put yourself first and and focus on yourself and gain the independence I think that's a very popular topic um in social media nowadays and on YouTube from what I've seen like a lot of and it's you know it's like a self-care movement and I think it's all amazing and I'm going to talk about it in the last half of the podcast but I, I don't think people talk about making space for others as much and in fact I haven't really seen this I haven't seen this topic as a dedicated YouTube video or Instagram post or um, conversation thread online and I and I find that so interesting because like we're all living together we're all in relate like we all have relationships and friends friendships with each other and I think we have to be as mindful of making space for others as we are of making space for ourselves um, I'm not going to say one is more important than the other but I do think that creating and holding um, space for other people in your life is something that should be talked about more. So I have a few tips. Um, I don't want to say tips, but a few a few bullet points of ways that I think we can all hold space for each other. And I hope that these are are helpful um and I hope that you do some of these things and if you if you do I hope you keep doing them and if you don't I hope you maybe make a more mindful effort to try to do these things um and also please take my advice with a grain of salt and I don't do all these perfectly I'm not a perfect person but this is just what I have to say and this is what I've brainstormed but the first thing is Try not to hold on to first impressions of other people. This is really hard um, because I know so many people who they kind of assess someone as soon as they meet them because that's just our natural human instinct. Like you, you develop impressions of people honestly before even talking to them sometimes. Um, we're very observant creatures and we're always forming our opinions and and judgments about each other and I think first impressions honestly I've heard some people argue that first impressions are always correct um, and they always stand by their first impression but I I'm gonna have to disagree Um, I think that first impressions are rarely correct because when you first meet someone they're rarely in their natural state of mind or state of being like people if you're in a setting where everyone's meeting each other like people aren't going to be acting like their true selves like people are going to exaggerate their characters Um, people are going to act more extroverted people are going to be more talkative maybe put on a front Um, maybe you catch someone at a bad time and so your first impression of them isn't true to who they really are and I think holding on to a first impression of someone is very limiting to that other person and it doesn't allow them the space to grow and i guess what i'm trying to say is if you don't hold on to the first impression and if you kind of let go of all that judgment and you you allow your first impression of this person to evolve and grow and change the more you get to know them and the more that time passes i think that is a form of making space for someone that is so valuable and so important. Um, For instance, if I meet this person and I, maybe they are just really grumpy that day. And so my first impression of them is that they're not very friendly. 
if I hold on to that first impression, I'm probably not going to like subconsciously, I'm probably not going to want to hang out with them as much or I'm not going to have as good of a impression of them. And I'm not going to really see them as someone who I want to get as close with um, and I won't be as comfortable with them. And that's really limiting because it prevents a relationship from growing or it prevents you from getting to know someone. But if I kind of let go of that first impression and give them the benefit of the doubt and think to myself, okay, I probably didn't catch this person at the correct moment, or maybe they're just having a bad day, or maybe um, this is just one aspect of their personality and and there's so much more to, to learn about them. Like that's that's allowing that person to to take up space in your life in a way that's very mindful and intentional. And so I, yeah, I didn't, I guess I never realized how strong of an opinion I have about first impressions, but I guess it's because like, if you put yourself in the other person's shoes, like I wouldn't want someone to judge me at first glance because there's so much to my character and there's so much to my life that I'm not going to show in a, in the first interaction that I have with someone. And so as someone, like I would want someone to keep an open mind and to be open to getting to know me and to letting go of first impressions. So that is my first um, tip. The second one is kind of similar, but try not to hold on to other people's judgment of someone. I think this is huge. I think, you know, you develop your own relationship with people. Um, Everyone's relationship with a certain person is going to look different. Um, So if there's, let's say there's, this one person and they have a bunch of different friends like I guarantee each of those friendships are going to be different in some way not in a bad way but just in a natural way and because you have your own relationships with people like because everything is so unique I am hesitant to trust other people's judgment of a particular person like let's say I meet this new person and then I hear from this other person their opinion of this person and then it kind of it's not necessarily a good opinion and I it's maybe they're they think that this person is annoying for example um I think that rather than kind of believing what this person has said and allowing that to influence your judgment of this person, I I think that the best thing to do is to kind of ignore that, unless it's something really bad. Like if you hear something really bad about someone and it's just like the biggest red flag, like that is a severe case. But for most cases, like you just hear like little things about someone. But I, I would say let go of that, let go of what other people have to say about this person and get to know this person on your own and develop your own impressions of this person. That is a form of creating space for other people that is easier said than done because once you hear something about someone, like sometimes it's hard to really shake that from your mind. But I would say try really hard to not to not be so impressionable and to not let your judgment of someone be shaped by other people's opinions because everyone has their own opinions. Everyone has their own perceptions of things. And frankly, I don't think that they should be shared um, if they're just, you know, like criticizing other people. Um, But I've been in positions where I've been friends with someone and then like someone else has told me like, oh, this person is X, Y, Z. And then I'm like, well, no, I, I'm, I'm actually, I have my own re- relationship and friendship with this person and, and they're not like that at all. Like, and obviously, again, this is excluding major cases where there are severe red flags that you should miss, but try not to hold on to other people's opinions and judgment of a person and instead develop your own judgment. Like, I don't say judgment with a negative connotation, but develop your own perception of someone because that's that's the most accurate thing to do. Um, the next thing I wrote down for how to hold space for others is ask more questions. In conversation, don't 
talk about yourself as much like ask more questions and and get to know this person like allow them the space to speak um and and try to be a better listener i think asking questions is you know you ask someone questions when you want to get to know them and it makes the other person feel heard and it makes them feel valued um and I've talked about this before, but one of my my biggest pet peeves is when I ask someone a question and they don't return it back to me. Um, I feel like respectful conversations are reciprocal. Um, and in order to make space for another person in a conversation, I think asking them questions is a great way um, to show that you really do care about what they have to say. And, and it's a great way to get to know someone, like ask them about their life experiences, ask them about their preferences or their opinions on something. Like, I, I don't know, I think I think questions and, and opening up a space for them to speak is a pretty obvious way of making space for others, but something that I think people should do more of. Um, another way to hold space for others is to reach out more. Um, and this doesn't have to be in a very like systematic, super precise way, but I think sometimes it's easy to get really focused on what you're doing and to forget to reach out. I think when it comes to those friends that you're not super close with, but you're kind of friendly with, like reaching out every once in a while it may feel awkward in the moment, but it's really not that awkward and it's it's not that big of a deal. And I think sometimes like reaching out, the, the awkwardness of it, like you anticipate it to be super awkward because you haven't spoken to this person in a long time. A lot of times that limits people and it prevents people from actually reaching out because they're like, oh, I don't want it to be awkward, X, Y, Z, but it's not awkward. It's never it's never a big deal. And if anything, like if they don't respond to you, then that's on them. But most of the time, like if you reach out to someone, they're going to respond to you and it's going to be fine. And then you're going to catch up with them. And then that's that. Um, so I would say reach out more um, and, and try to be more conscious of that. The next way to hold space for other people is to put your phone down in social situations. I always feel whenever I'm in a social situation and someone whips out their phone and immediately starts typing or texting or going on Instagram or doing something like I, I feel a little irked because it just kind of shows that they don't really care and they're, they're preoccupied with something else. I think some of the most intentional people that I've ever met, um, when they pull out their phone in the middle of a conversation, they say something along the lines of sorry i'm texting my mom back or sorry i have to reply to this or sorry i um i need to take this really important phone call like they they kind of say something about it and it makes you feel like they are they actually do care and they're they're mindful of the fact that pulling out your phone in the middle of a social situation is sometimes is sometimes rude um so i think the best thing is just to put your phone down and to avoid looking at it in social situations, especially in one-on-one -on -one conversations. But if you do have to pull your phone out for whatever reason, like it's kind of, I, I think the respectful and courteous thing to do is to explain why you are doing that. Because I, I don't know, I, this might be, you guys might not agree, but I, I just feel like that's, like, if I were the other person and, and someone randomly pulled out their phone and started texting, I would feel pretty disrespected. Um, and I would feel as if I, I don't really, like, what I'm saying and, and my company doesn't really matter as much to this person. Um, so that's just my opinion. But I don't know. You might disagree. Um, the next point that I have is, this is actually pretty huge. If you see someone who isn't participating in a conversation let's say you're in a big group and you notice someone has been pretty quiet, try to include them in a way that isn't flashy or super, super noticeable. Um, and I say that because I think when you notice someone who isn't 
speaking in a conversation as much. Making space for them is important. And I think you can do that by kind of being like, oh, well, what do you think? Or or maybe like starting a side conversation with this person or asking them a question, something like that. But don't do it in a way that can be embarrassing for the person because a lot of times people are quiet in conversation because maybe they're more shy or maybe they're more introverted. And I have been that person in a group setting where I am kind of quiet because maybe I'm just feeling a little antisocial that day or I'm just tired. And I know for myself, like, I would not want to be called out in front of an entire group and and kind of asked a question or, or in front of everyone. I don't know if this makes sense, but I, I wouldn't want to be – I wouldn't want to try, like, be included by someone in a way that's kind of very flashy. I, I don't know. I, I think – because I think that's a little more – I don't think that's making space for someone. I think that's also limiting. Um, but I think this whole concept of making space for others, it's very applicable to group settings. And I think that this whole idea of of kind of including someone in a conversation when they're not as when they're not participating as much, this is really important. And this is what it, I think a very socially aware person would notice um, that maybe this one person isn't as talkative, um, but they wouldn't include them in a way that could be embarrassing. Um, And I also think in group settings, another way to hold space for others is if you notice someone keeps getting talked over say something like oh what were you saying or or um what were you saying earlier or um like kind of like giving them acknowledging the fact that they're not being heard and and giving them that space to speak i think that's also a really important um a really important way of of creating space for other people and group conversation Um, The next point that I have is to assume best intentions. This goes with, this really ties to the first two points that I had about trying not to hold on to first impressions or to others' judgment of people. Like, I think always assuming best intentions is one of the best ways to create space for other people. Because if you don't assume best intentions and you kind of jump to conclusions a lot, that is also very limiting. And you, you kind of get in your head and you kind of try to predict um, people's thoughts and reactions and and once you start doing that about other people like that that kind of limits the role that they play in your life and it also limits your open-mindedness um, to to hearing this person out or to to growing a relationship with someone so I think assuming best intentions is and, and not jumping to conclusions or trying to predict people's thoughts or reactions I think that's one of it's a very overlooked thing um, because we often are just super judgmental and we we hold on to our first impressions and we hold on to judgments a lot. But I think one of the most important ways to create and hold space for other people is to let go of all of this. And once you start doing that, you kind of start to realize like people, most people have good intentions. Um, Obviously, you're going to find those people who don't, but in my experience, for the most part, like, it may come off as, like, maybe your first impression of something they say or they do, like, isn't the best, but for the most part, I think people have good intentions, Um, so that is all I have to say. I, I don't know. I don't know if I said that all in the most eloquent way, but um that's pretty much, those are pretty much all my tips for um, holding space for other people. And next, I'm going to talk about how to hold space for yourself. This is something, this is what I was talking about in terms of what I've been trying to do um, recently and what I've, I think I've been doing a pretty good job of um, is really just creating space for myself. 
And the first thing that I've done is I've unsubscribed from email lists and unfollowed Instagram accounts that are not helping me grow. Um, I think it's easy to, I mean, every day we consume so much over media and I'm always looking at my inbox and I'm like, why am I getting these emails from these random companies and these random brands that I, I don't even check I don't even read the email. It just clogs my inbox. And then it's like another thing for me to delete. So I'm just going to unsubscribe. Um, for Instagram accounts, like if there's a particular account that makes me feel insecure or it's posting negative things or it's just not helping me in any way, like I will unfollow. Um, this is This has helped me so much. Um, and it's really... I think like clearing your life in these small ways, like it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but over time it really, you kind of start to realize like how much brain fog all of these, these notifications and these posts and and consuming all this, how much it causes. And then when you start to remove the excess and when you start to remove what's not helping you from your life, like that's one of the most important steps towards creating space for yourself and, and putting yourself first. Um, another thing is, this is pretty obvious, but saying no more and creating boundaries. I have been so good about this, <laughs> maybe a little too good, but I used to be someone who had really bad FOMO. I always felt the need to be around people and I, I always felt the need to be there. Like no matter what it was, I was like, I will be there because I wanna, I wanna hang out with my friends. I realized that while this has led to me having a lot of great experiences because I'm, I'm always there, um, it has also led to me being socially burnt out a lot of times, particularly at the end of semesters. This summer, I've been making new friends and I've been hanging out with them, but I don't, oddly, I don't feel FOMO. Like I don't feel the need to always be there. I've been saying no more and not even no explicitly to someone it's more no to myself. Like internally, I'm like, no, Emily, you don't actually want to go there. Like you should just stay in tonight. Um, And I've been putting up these boundaries and it's been so nice. Like I, I have just loved my alone time. Um, And that is so important because if you say yes to everything, and you push yourself to to go to all these things and you you go you go and then you you know you're tired but you're still going and then you're you're constantly surrounded by people like that's very self-limiting um because you kind of just like you don't even realize like over time you grow more and more socially burnt out and then by the end of it you're like oh my gosh i have not given myself the space to relax or to enjoy my own company um So I think I've been trying to find the balance between saying yes more, saying no more. I really, I don't think I'm going to get to this stage ever, but I don't want to get to the stage where I'm just like too comfortable being alone. And then like, I'm alone all the time and I'm always saying no. Um, I don't think it's going to get to that, but I think for now I'm at a pretty good balance. And recently I've been spending a lot of time alone. Um, And I think as a result, I've just been a calmer person. So The next thing is, this is related, but in order to make space for yourself, evaluate your social battery and your capabilities and listen to them. If you are feeling extremely tired, do not push yourself to finish an assignment because the assignment, the the quality of the assignment will go down and you're just going to make yourself even more tired. Listen to your body, listen to your mind, listen to how, like all these little cues that your body is giving you. And also evaluate just how socially charged you feel. And then accordingly, make decisions and go out or don't go out, do the assignment or don't do the assignment. Um, I think this is being in tune with how you feel and with the state of your energy um, and, and your capabilities is so important. And... I don't know. I I think 
like this is something that I talk about a lot of of being aware of how you're feeling and and being in touch with your emotions and all that. But one thing that I feel like I've never talked about is I feel like it's kind of like a positive feedback thing. Like the more you the more you allow yourself to be in tune with yourself and the more you kind of make that um make that effort to really evaluate how you feel, the easier it becomes. And so like once you I, I used to kind of do this thing where I was like, I'm just gonna I, no matter how I no matter how tired I am, no matter how I feel, I'm just gonna go out and I'm just gonna I'm gonna hang out with my friends and I'm gonna do my work and I'm gonna do all these things and then but then because I was constantly forcing myself, I was growing more and more numb to how I truly felt. And that was that that's how you eventually lead to ultimate burnout. <laughs> um, but once you start to t- stick, take a step back and think, okay, no, wait a minute. Like, how am I actually feeling? Let me evaluate this. It gets easier and easier. You slowly grow more in touch with yourself. And that is, I think, one of the greatest things that you can do for yourself. Um, oh my gosh, I have so many more points. Okay, I'm going to go a little faster because I don't want this to be a very long episode. Um, the next thing I have is take control of your communication. This is so important. You don't owe everyone an immediate response. I have this thing where I'm like, sometimes if I get a text, I get really like, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm like, I have to respond. I have to respond. I, I need to respond to this person. And I know people who are the exact opposite. Like some people just don't respond at all, which I think that's also bad. But I, I have this thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to immediately respond because this person's probably waiting on me. Like this person, like my response is so important, all this stuff. But unless it's urgent, like you don't owe everyone an immediate response. And I've been trying, I don't want to say I'm like avoiding texting people back, but I've been trying to instead of seeing a text and immediately jumping onto my phone and texting a response, I've kind of just been like, you know what, I'll respond when I can, but I'm not going to stress about the fact that I'm not going to respond immediately. And that is like taking control of your communication is huge. Um, and it's it's kind of the same thing of like unsubscribing from mailing lists that you just don't need anymore. It's like you can to an extent control the stimulus the stimuli the sti- yeah you you can control the the stimuli that you receive on a day-to-day life and i like to have my phone on do not disturb um because i don't need the constant notifications i don't need to constantly see when someone's texted me and i think that form of control has really given me the space to just relax and to slow down another way to make space for yourself is make literal space or not literal. <laughs> I'm so tired right now. Make physical space. Clean your physical surroundings. Your environment affects you so much. And I, I talk about this all the time because when I did Zoom school, I was just so nitpicky about my environment my and, and my desk area and where I was taking these classes because my life was so monotonous and I, I couldn't really switch anything up. Um, but what I've learned from that period is like, what you see and and how you live your life and and the the area where you sleep and where you work like it it actually has such a huge effect on you and so cleaning your physical surroundings making sure everything around you is tidy making sure you're you're in this environment that you feel comfortable and safe in is really important and i like to decorate my room um with lights and photos and plants things that make me feel calm and relaxed um because that is that to me is one of the most important forms of self-care is making sure that my room is comfortable for me um the next thing that i have to say is block out and protect periods of time for activities only for you for example, I block out a period of time every day to work out and this is my time. Like this is when I am going to focus on myself. Um, this is when I'm going to do my own thing. Um, maybe you block out a time to watch Netflix. Maybe you block out a time to take a nap. Maybe you block out a period of time to go shopping on your own, to try a new cafe, to go on a walk, like little things like block out periods of time 
strictly for yourself. You deserve that time. Um, and that is, that's, I mean, if you do it on a Google calendar, like you're making physical space for yourself because you're, you're making like a block in your Google calendar for yourself. But I mean, it's also like a mental block. Um, so if you know you need this time, don't let anything get in the way of you getting that alone time. Um, okay, this next point is one of my favorites, actually. A way that I've been making space for myself in my everyday life is cherishing my commutes um, and romanticizing them, really. I have been loving my walks to and from the gym, to and from coffee shops. I honestly really like flights and bus rides. Like The commute, I think, is very valuable and it's something that people don't really like I think it has so much potential a commute has so much potential and back in high school when I would drive to and from school I would love my drives because I would play my own music I would just drive and vibe and have a good time and that was something that I really missed when I first got to college because I felt like I didn't really have that anymore but now that I'm going to in-person classes like my walks to and from class I cherish that um I I listen to my music sometimes I don't um I I people watch I kind of just think um and I I honestly love I love that so much and once I started to do that once I started to like really cherish and romanticize my commute time whether that be on a walk or on a bus or on a, a plane or whatever I think my life got a little more intentional and I also just became a lot more aware of how I am in my day-to-day because especially during school like there was a period of time where I just I felt like I was like floating through my day I felt like I was kind of just going from thing to thing and I was like okay I have this class and I have this class and a meeting xyz and I never felt like I truly had control of my day but once I started to value the transitions and the commutes that's when my day gained more structure and I I became more aware of time passing. So it's also a great way to prevent becoming jaded. So romanticize and cherish your commutes. Um, The next point that I have is to take yourself out on dates. I love going to eat at restaurants alone. And this is something that I've recently been doing. Actually, not even recently. I've been doing this for the past like two years. Um, Every now and then, I like to just go and get a table for one and sit there and order my own food. And sometimes people look at you weird, but most of the time, no one cares at all. And I like it because it's like I'm experiencing this restaurant and this food for myself. And I get to order whatever I want. And I get to leave and go on my own schedule. And taking myself out on dates has been really fun and a form of self-care and love that is really cheap. It sounds really cheesy, but it it works. It really does. Okay, this next one is huge. In order to make space for yourself. And you know what? I think this can also tie into making space for other people. But learn to let others experience the consequences of their own actions. You don't need to always save other people. I don't know how to describe this in a good way. But it's kind of like, let's say you see a friend not even a friend, let's say you see someone make a decision and you think to yourself, that's not a very good decision. I think if the consequences aren't like drastic and if they're not your friend and if they're not I don't know. I'm actually trying to figure out how I really feel about this whole topic. But if you see someone make a decision, you don't need to always step in and give your input and, and waste your time and energy trying to change their mind. Because sometimes people need to learn lessons on their own. And sometimes they need to mess up. 
and they need to experience the consequences of that and it's not your job to save them this is like i (laughs) i i i admit i can be kind of controlling sometimes and so sometimes i feel the need to always give my advice or my my input my two cents um but i realize like doing that 24 7 is actually really exhausting on my end and i don't have to do it i don't have to always tell people what i think sometimes sometimes the best thing to do for yourself and for the other person is to observe things unfolding and to let them deal with the consequences of their actions because everyone needs to learn in that way and in reality you're not gonna always have someone saving you in life and so you need to learn how to deal with the implications of things on your on your own um that was that is a huge point that i had to say um the next thing is do your own thing and try not to worry about what other people are up to this is can be applied to a social context so do your own thing socially you don't always you don't always have to worry about what other people are up to just do your own thing um and then it also applies to an academic context everyone is in their own academic path i think constantly comparing like extracurriculars and an academic standing like that is so tiring and it's so self-limiting and comparison like that is just not worth it and it prevents you from really performing your best because we like to think that intense competition pushes us but i did a whole episode about how ambition does not always equal competitiveness because i think you can be ambitious without being competitive and i think the kind of ambition that you have without doing things out of spite um and doing things just to beat someone, I think that ambition is stronger. And I think it's it's more beneficial and you're gonna get more things out of it. Because if you are ambitious only for the sake of beating someone, um, for winning, for coming out on top, like that's only gonna get you so far. Um, but if you have a sense of ambition that is driven by other things, like maybe you just, really you have a hard work ethic and you just you just want to work hard or maybe you really are passionate about this job that you're seeking or a career that you're going into um maybe you have like personal goals for for working hard like all of these things i think this is so much more wholesome and and it's going to get you further than than trying to beat someone else and and always comparing yourself with someone else Um, and so in order to really make space for yourself, I think you should always just do your own thing. Keep your eyes on your own work. Don't worry about what other people are doing because everyone's worried about what they're, what they're doing. Everyone is worried about themselves anyway. So you don't need to worry about other people. Okay. I have two points left. Thanks for sticking along. If you're still listening, which I would be really surprised if you're still listening, because I've been rambling for a very long time. The next thing I have is listen to your intuitions. This is, I talked about this last week, but those gut feelings, those, those inner thoughts, those strong emotions, like don't oppress them, listen to them. Because if you oppress them, you're not allowing yourself the space to fully feel. And those gut instincts, man, like I've had them, I've had them a few times. And every time I listen to them, I, it never goes wrong. And I rarely feel them. So when I do feel them, I, I go along with them. Um, but I think listening to your intuitions is a very important form of making space for yourself. And the last point that I have, which kind of to end on a brighter note, because I feel like it got a little deep there, um, is really try to figure out what kind of music brings you the most joy and and allow and and allows you to feel the most connected for me music is so emotional i tie so many of my emotions and my experiences to music there are certain songs that elicit certain emotions and i know that if i play that song i'm going to feel something specific or certain songs that are tied to specific memories and i know if i play that song it's going to remind me of what i experienced or of a certain person um I think music is so powerful and allowing yourself to really feel the lyrics and the melody and everything of a song 
is so beautiful. And I think it's a form of giving yourself space that is very holistic. Um, for example, if I listen to a song and I really just like connect with the lyrics, the emotion, the emotions of the lyrics, I really try to like let myself actually like um, immerse myself into the music and it becomes like this whole emotional experience. Um, and once you start to do that, you become, I think that also relates to the whole, um, like listening to your own, um, like capabilities and your social battery and your emotions, all that. Like, I think music is such an important way and it's a very valuable way of getting to know yourself more. Um, and to really feeling your emotions. Sometimes I can't, sometimes when I'm feeling numb, I put on a song and it really elicits that emotion out of me. And it's what I need in order to kind of snap out of my numbness. And I think that music is such a wonderful thing and I love it so much. And I've been listening to it a lot recently and it's been, it's been great. Okay. That is all I have for today. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. My last episode at Oxford, um, I realized that, so after my program, I'm going to do a little bit more traveling and I realized that I don't have time to record um, episodes during those specific weeks. So what I'm going to do next week is record, pre-record a bunch of episodes and just release them periodically. Um, So I'm going to, it's going to sound like I'm not at Oxford anymore, but in reality, they're all going to be recorded from Oxford. So I don't know why I felt the need to explain that, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I've been loving my podcast recently. Um, I've just been feeling very inspired and I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I changed the format of the descriptions to make them less formal because I feel like it's so weird every week typing about myself being like, Emily thinks this, like I, I'm the one typing it. So I wanted to make it more personal and I think it's just going to be a lot easier for me to write these descriptions because I don't have to think about putting it in third person and making it sound super formal. Um, But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed and thank you for listening and thank you for your support. It really means the world and please stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.